This is the Mason Vera Pain Show, your go-to lifestyle program, covering everything from technology and gaming to movies, TV shows, and pop culture to the supernatural and beyond. Brought to you from Chicago, USA, with your host, the unabridged millennial, Mason Vera Payne. Mason Payne here live from the NVP studios in Chicago, and thank you for tuning in. Outside of COVID-19 being deadly to your health, it's also lethal to many people's finances. Some people's hours were cut, and in some cases, many even lost their jobs. So how do you maintain a level of financial stability during this time? Author and CEO at Credit and Debt Management Institution, Dr. Michael Grayson, is going to give us tips on how we can survive financially during this time. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Grayson. Pleasure. So could you tell me a little bit, how did you get into finances? My undergrad was systems engineering and mathematics, and um, I had a DuPont scholarship. So when I graduated, I had to go to work for DuPont for two years, and then when I, I, I uh, uh, fulfilled my contract obligations, I started looking for other engineering jobs, and I couldn't really find what I was looking for. I was unhappy, you know, being an engineer at DuPont, so I uh, just... Uh, started looking around in general, and then I saw an ad for a uh, job in the credit industry, and they were giving um, uh, a Porsche as a company car. And so I said, well, you know, I'll take that job and drive their car while I'm looking for a quote-unquote real job. And it turns out, you know, they were looking for mathematicians, and uh, they paid me, I, I think, Starting off as an engineer, I was only making forty some thousand, and as worked for the credit industry, I was making eighty something thousand. So I ended up staying with it. You know, all of my friends who are lawyers and mathematicians made fun of me, but I actually enjoyed my time in, in the industry. Wait, did you get to keep the Porsche? I stayed with them for <laughs> uh, fifteen years. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was having—I had a Mercedes at the time, but. I lived in a real exclusive neighborhood, and the cops were giving me a hard time because I needed a new exhaust. And for that, at that time, you had to replace the entire exhaust system, which was like five or six grand that I didn't have. So I needed that car, so it just worked <laughs> out. I love it. I love that. It all started off with like, hey, you give me a free car. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> right, a free car. Come on. You can't beat it. While I look for a real job, <laughs> you know? I love that. Well, my friends always made fun of me. In fact, you know, I wrote the algorithm for credit restoration. The only reason I did that because I was retiring in 2000, and some friends, they were just, you know, talking crap about me. Hey, you haven't published anything. You were supposed to be Mr. Mathematics, but what have you done? So I said, I'm going to reverse engineer the FICO algorithm just to show you my math skills had not diminished. And I didn't know if I was really going to be able to do it, but it turns out, you know, I did it. I didn't have a real purpose for it, but I found out that people in general did not understand the FICO system or credit scoring. So that credit model has served me very well. I'm glad you brought up credit scores because I heard that you are offering, if this is still like viable, $1 million for anyone who can Correct. beat your credit score, which is what? So the record that I got is a perfect 990, but I also have the record for the fastest turnaround. So I took one of my clients from 500 to 800 in one month, and I have the record for the most deletions in a single dispute. So I removed 
three items from someone's credit in one dispute. So anybody that can beat those three records, million bucks, done. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm not sure I would want to traverse all the way down to 500 credit score <laughs> just to bring it back up, though. <laughs> I know. But it, it, well, in this case, this client was an investor in Las Vegas. She built hotels. And she's a, she was a millionaire. So nobody ever asked her to see her credit. But, you know, credit scores, everybody has to have a credit score now. So the investors were giving her, she had a $20 million option to build this one hotel. And they were going to put in, the investors were giving her $200 million. Before they gave her the check, they said, we have to see your credit score. So she called me like in a panic because she was in the 500s and she thought it would, you know, hinder her chances of getting that check. And she didn't want to lose $20 million. So she was like, I don't care what it costs. I don't care what you have to do. But, you know, I'm going to stall them for like a couple of weeks. So I had her stall them for like three weeks. And by the time they pulled the score, she was at 815. Wow. What did you do? Like, that is amazing. Because as a kid, I ruined my credit score. And it took me years to get it. Like, I'm at 752 right now. It took me a long time to get to this point. But what did you do in like three weeks? We we use debt filtration. So it's a different concept. So in credit repair, you're mostly just disputing items and kind of hoping they fall off. But with, you know, here in this country, every debt problem or credit problem has a corresponding debt filter. So, for instance, let's say you had a tax problem. You know, you wouldn't dispute your tax problem because even if it fell off by accident, it's going to reinsert later. So you have to do what's called an offer and compromise. So you file an offer and compromise allows you to reduce your debt up to 90%. And then after you make two payments, you file a release of tax lien. And the government will actually take it off of your credit. They'll clean your credit automatically. So if you have a late payment on your credit, you go to the creditor and you file for a courtesy late payment removal. So there is administrative and legal remedies for every single problem that you have. The the problem is most people don't understand that methodology, and that's why they have so many issues. Now, you've recently come out with a book, How to Stop Making Payments. And this is specifically for COVID-19 during this pandemic. You know, there's an article in the paper today about eviction. They're saying that they're expecting record number of evictions and foreclosures in the coming year. And that is a, a major issue for me because part of the CARES Act has a credit protection provision. So the creditors are encouraged to give you some type of hardship program. So every creditor has some type of hardship program. So you, sh- you have to uh, request it from them or request to be included. Only a handful of them are actually like, you know, GEICO Insurance contacted me and said, hey, you know, do you want to start deferring your payments? You know, uh, U.S. Bank, who I have my car loan through, they again asked me, do you want to stop making payments? And, you know, so some creditors are doing a real good job of making that knowledge public, but the majority of them are not. And if you don't request it, you won't get it. So we got to encourage people to, if you're in financial hardship, Defer all your payments. Don't even defer one of them. Defer all of them so that you can build up a reserve and a nest egg for whatever happens in the future. Then start paying slowly. You know, but really, 
you should take that money and restore your credit because part of the CARES Act allows you to retroactively clean up late payments and derogatories through January 1 of this year. So it's a brilliant tool that nobody's using. So wait, you can go back to January to clean it up? Correct. Wow. If you if it was a product of COVID-19, if you that was the reason for the default, that is all you have to state and they have to clean it through January 1. So you can't go back 5 years worth of derogs, but through January 1, so you now have a tool to get perfect credit instantly and nobody's using it. Nobody's talking about it. Everybody's just talking about stimulus payments and money, 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 but that is nothing. That pales in comparison to having perfect credit. Now, one of my things is is that you see a lot, of, like especially when you go on Discover or any of your credit cards, you'll see on their, their site, if you've been affected by yes. COVID-19. Now, if I didn't lose hours, I still have my job. I haven't really been affected like that, like you see on the news. Can you still mm-hmm. defer your payments? All you have to do is make that statement. You don't have to proof it up because it impacts you in different ways. You know, for instance, like a friend of mine who who got COVID-19, I started supporting them financially. So that has, even though I'm not sick and I still work, it still has impacted my finances because I have taken on this added responsibility as a function of COVID-19. So it's not, it's very open-ended. All of the, the laws, everything in CARES Act left it very vague and open so that you, if you impacted your finances in any way, you still qualify. When it comes to your mortgage, can you do this with your mortgage yes. too? You better be doing it with your mortgage. <laughs> Mortgages are the best. You, I, don't, I haven't heard any of the clients complain or we haven't gotten any bad uh, numbers from any of our mortgage companies. So mortgage companies are doing three to 12-month deferment because Fannie Mae told them to, and they're, 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 they're securing the loans. So the mortgage companies are the, the best at it right now, I think, in general. Now, I know personally I have deferred a few of my credit cards, not all of them, and it's yes. mainly because I can't get them on the phone. Not even going to lie. Like PayPal, I hate to throw names yep. out there, but it's the worst because it's automated. Yeah. I can't yep. get anybody on the phone. They'll sit you on the phone for about three to six hours and then hang up on you. Ideally, you're supposed to do it through correspondence. So pull their correspondence address because some of them keep you in perpetual loops over the phone or they send you through, you know, a queue grid that it's hard to follow. Forget that. All you need to go online, Google their correspondence address, give it to them. Once you've requested that and asked to be included, even if something happens, heaven forbid, and you're late, you can retroactively clean your credit because but you gotta send a certified return receipt. Wow. Wow. See, I didn't know any But they of that. have to respond. They have to respond. They have to. Is there a time limit to that? Like between No, responses? but it's okay, though, because, you know, in the, in, in the letter that you're writing, you're supposed to specify the terms of repayment. So you should be suggesting that it, as long as you stick to that, you, the, the bottom line is it's designed to protect your credit. So it, it will protect your credit. Once they have the request, they cannot mark your credit late. So eventually, as long as you send a certified return receipt, they will get it and they have to include you in the programming. Wow. That is so old school, sending out certified mail. <laughs> you have to do it, unfortunately. Because if you do it over the phone, 
it's hard to get them. And also, they can come back later and say that they didn't get the request. You know, as a rule, we do it. We never have a problem. In my book, I have letters for people to send out, which they should again. And the reason you do it with all your creditors versus some is so that you can build residual income. You can have discretionary income. Most Pew did a study two years ago, and they said that the average American could not put his hands on $500 in a time of crisis. So we're in that time of crisis, and 500 bucks ain't going to do anything for you. So you build the discretionary income so that, again, because, you know, infection rates are blowing up in some some areas. you you got hot spots everywhere in the country. You have to have some cash in the bank. You have to do that. You know, the, they're, they're in, in talks of changing health care. So if you, you can't qualify for health care or if your health care – care is inadequate to cover your expenses associated with COVID-19, you will need some cash. Hmm. Speaking of health care, can you do this with hospital bills too? Everything, every single thing across the board, every single thing, every single debt, even your your gas bill, your light bill. I think um, I got notifications from like Verizon. A couple of these guys are, are, are proactive in letting you know that, but every single debt. Because the government anticipated that Americans would have zero income. Now, some people have gotten stimulus checks, that kind of stuff, but that's not going to last long, and I'm sure most people are out of that. And you, now you still have zero income, so you cannot afford to pay any bills. Your focus should be on your health, staying healthy, not being forced to come outside prematurely. Those are the the concerns that prompted this legislature. What about gym memberships? Because that is like a continuing, like you, you go into a contract with them and they're, those are some scary contracts. And they're the worst. They'll send you the collections. But again, once you send them a certified, because right now I think most of them across the country are closed. Yeah. So they should have suspended. Like I have, I, I have a, even for like my car wash, uh, I do it on a reoccurring payment. So, I have a membership for the car wash, but they, fortunately, they did the right thing. They're supposed to suspend that payment, especially gym memberships. So if they have not suspended that payment, no problem. Send them a certified letter, and then, you know, if you have automatic payments, shut that down. And then, again, you're not worried about going into collections or them damaging your credit. The emphasis is on keeping perfect credit through COVID, because once it, COVID has passed us, the emphasis is going to be on building the economy, and it's going to be real difficult if you have bad credit. The banks are going to be loaning a lot of money, and think about there's an extra 4 or $5 trillion in the economy right now. So that money is not going anywhere. It's staying there. So the opportunities for businesses to bounce back and make a lot of money are there, but it's going to take perfect credit. Now, it's funny. I, I wanted to do this so much because I was in debt. But I think mm-hmm. in the beginning of the year, I was at least $40,000 in debt just from random Ouch. credit cards, just loans I took mm-hmm. out, trying to invest, reinvest into myself and my businesses. And mm-hmm. right now is the perfect time. You're absolutely right. Yes. Now is the perfect time. To it, get is. it is. It is. It is. Absolutely. Uh-uh. It's unbelievable. The, even like some of the companies are offering settlements, you know, principal reduction. Because they understand this is a long-term problem. So right. they'll take anything they can get from you, any commitment. I mean, forget about it. Now is the time to do it.
Yeah. Please, everybody got to get that. Everybody's got to have good credit. Yes, absolutely. I've been telling this to my mother because she has a lot of credit cards with like Macy's and Marshall's and oh, Sears yeah. and Kohl's. I'm like, Mom, you could settle. And you don't have to pay the whole bill. You can settle, close the credit card, and you can sit there and say COVID affected you. And boom, you don't, it doesn't have to have like that big impact on your credit score. Some of my relatives, some of my older relatives, they're like, oh, you know, that don't sound right. The banks and the creditors do not lose because they have programs, okay, through CARES Act, and there's a continuing program through the IRS creditor deduction. So anytime that you can't pay, the government steps in and pays that debt for you. That's why we call him Uncle Sam, because he's your rich relatives that pays all the bills that you can't pay. <laughs> you, you gotta, you, because it, ultimately it's in the government's best interest that you be debt-free and have good credit, because we need you to buy houses and cars. As long as you're buying houses and cars, the, the economy is vibrant. But when you stop buying houses and cars, the economy shuts down and there's no hope for anybody. Right. So you have to have good credit and have minimum debt, not debt-free, but you have minimum debt so that you can buy some more cars, buy some houses, refinance your house. That is what drives our economy. And it's funny. That's what I was going to do. Once I get my, uh, uh, my debt a little bit lower, I wanted to get a car. Listen, the car industry is dying, which... You can't imagine how many jobs and industries are tied to the car industry. So if, if that doesn't pick up, that sector doesn't pick up, we're going to be in trouble forever. I mean, we got to buy. Unfortunately, that that's the, the, the capitalist system that we live in. You have to buy houses and cars. Nothing else really matters. They matter a little bit. But houses and cars drive everything in this country. It's true. I mean, the steel industry, then we have oil that goes into the cars because... Yep. You know, oil is plastic. Plastic exactly. industry. I mean, right. oh my goodness, everything is is cars. All the jobs. I mean, the, the entire economy. You know, if Detroit fails and they start laying people off in mass, it's going to affect every single thing. Now, how long did it take every- you to do this book? I mean, it, it looks. I mean, everything you've touched was spot on that I've been doing personally, and I was so shocked to see it in book form. <laughs> Actually, it, I did it very quickly in, in like two weeks. Because of, I wanted to get it out very quickly so that it could help people right now. Because once they officially say that the company countries reopen and COVID is on the down, it's going to shut down those provisions. So I need people to, like right now, so even if you've been late on five, your last five car payments, you can still apply for the hardship program and don't get your car repossessed or don't get evicted or don't go into foreclosure, you still have time, but I think in the next couple of months, they're going to shut it down. What do you think COVID is going to do, permanent damage to, like, the credit card industry? Anything at all, or is it just going to bounce back? Well, I don't think there's never going to be permanent damage because the government will always step in and preserve certain industries. But right now, like I know, a lot of credit card companies are reacting to the high default rate. So they are lowering your credit lines and lines, your, your credit limits are getting lowered. And again, that is very avoidable. So realistically, for people with good credit, if you've seen your credit limits decrease, if you call that creditor back up and say, hey, you know, I would like to go on auto bill pay, they will put you back in the queue to, to reinstate your 
credit limit. So you want to make sure you're on automatic bill pay. I, I mean, I do that across the board anyway, and that protects me from those kinds of things. But for those people who haven't done that, that is a good way to encourage the creditor to reinstate your line of credit. Now, COVID-19, for me personally, when it comes to finances, it opened my eyes to show me how much I was on a tightrope, how easily it was for me to fall into this land of debt or to continue straight forward and I could get myself out of it. I didn't realize how close I was to that. Pew did a study uh, in 2017, and they said that 60% of Americans can't put their hands on $500. 60%. That is very scary. That is scary to live in that world. You know, so they're saying now COVID-19 is driving people, you know, not to lower middle class, but into poverty, you know, like homelessness. I mean, everybody's scared. You know, everybody's going to be homeless. I mean, this, this, this is a very bad situation. Not being able to put your hands on $500 is not a good scenario to be in. And unfortunately, 60% of Americans meet that qualification. Now, what can you do to not be in that situation? Because what it is, is you're living check by check. You have to. Your credit is a tool. It's an investment tool. So what we teach to groups and organizations, you know, and and individuals, mostly with small business people, you have to turn your credit into money so that you can use it for investment. So investment being real estate normally for most of our clients or starting a business. So even if you have gainful employment and you have a great job, you're making great money, you still should be starting some. In America, everybody should own some type of business on the side. Your only second job or part-time income should always be your own business. And that is where your credit comes in. You know, you, you have good personal credit. You should then translate that into business credit. So once you have good personal credit, the next thing is to have good business credit. Use your business credit to access capital in the business name. And even if you're unsuccessful, that debt now dies with the business. You don't take it down with you personally. A lot of my small business clients started out using putting everything for the business in their personal name. So if the business has cash flow issues, you destroy your credit. And that is not a favorable situation. That was my first business. That was my first mistake. <laughs> yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. Every. Yeah. Listen, that's why 90% of small businesses fail in the first two years because they tied everything to themselves pers- right. personally. And businesses, sometimes they grow really quickly. And that's bad because you can't keep up with inventories and customer service because you don't have enough cash flow. Or if they start real slowly, then you still are in the same situation. In both situations, They can be cured with perfect credit. Well, Dr. Grayson, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. For those listening, where can they find more information about you and your book? Okay, so if you go to Amazon.com, you know, the e-book, I think, is only, I think they have that down, down to $3, or there's even a discount for it so that you can get it for almost free. So please buy, like, a couple copies and give them to your friends. Or if you need more direct intervention, you can call our office at 718-481-3363, 718-481-3363, or go to our website, build850credit.com, build850credit.com. 
This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to hear more? Head to WGNRadio.com for exclusive content by Mason. Also, follow Mason on Facebook and Twitter at Mason Vera Payne. That's all one word. And don't forget to share the show with your friends.